So, um, I took a week off, and it was actually because of the current state of the world right now with the um, Black Lives Matter protests and just kind of in honor of George Floyd. I didn't feel that it was appropriate to really um, produce anything last week that, you know, wasn't about, like, activism or, like, trying to educate or anything, so... I just kind of felt it was best to just take some time off. Just, I didn't want to, it just felt wrong to not, um, it it just felt wrong to, like, say anything that wasn't about it. So I just kind of took a step back and didn't want to, like, say cloud the airways or anything that wasn't about it. Um, most of that was on my personal page, so if you didn't see that, sorry, but, It's just, it's a frustrating time to not just live in, but obviously to be a black person in America and the world. Um, It's pretty disheartening to have to say that we are targeted by the police more than anyone else, but um, honestly, I do hope that someday, even though it may not be in my lifetime, is someday soon that uh, we'll seen actual change and there are people out there doing that and I do feel it's important to either express your support um express your support uh donate to any donate to any like sort of like activism projects and things like that like um you can just do a quick google you can find various bail funds find ways to like if you don't go to protest you can find other ways to like help people um and just go through this um, pretty rough time. Uh, just to avoid getting emotional, I just kind of want to like say that pretty quickly. But so uh, we're back. Um, so uh, over the past week, I have gotten into uh, Glupnir. Um, Glupnir is a um, it's a death it's a death battle anime. It's a it's a pretty it's a pretty cool one. Um, it seems like inherently goofy from the start. It is about a young boy, Kaguya, that can transform into a giant bear costume. And in the giant bear costume, he gets, you know, like increased strength and all that stuff. And um, basically, it's just one giant like metaphor for puberty. And it's also puberty in the worst ways. Namely, uh, in the very first episode, he... Um, uh, yeah, he, <laughs> I feel really weird saying this, not even saying it, it's just super uncomfortable, uh, he almost, um, assaults the, uh, girl he saves, and in some very strange cosmic irony, the, um, girl turns out to be a psychopath, and so she forces him to be her, um, her slave, basically, and so what's really weird is that in a weird twist, um, against his will, she enters his bear costume, and yeah, uh, now that I say this out loud, this sounds a lot worse, <laughs> but, um, that aside, it's actually a pretty decent anime, um, the plot, it, it, it does border on, like, pretty edgy, it's nowhere near levels of, uh, I don't know, uh, let's say, the Kame got killed, um, it's nowhere near there yet, but the, um, anime, it's actually pretty well, 
it's a uh, pretty well made um some of the fight choreography and just the um sakuga in general within the first like three episodes is actually really cool as well as um just the shot compositions and everything it's it's a really really like fun anime um i kind of like thought about it for a while because i thought it'd be like a little horror anime from what i'd heard but it's um it's actually a death battle anime so it's more in line with um gaunt's um it's more in line with like gaunt's darwin's game literally like any of those it's the exact same concept a group of people um a group of people um are all chosen to be a part of some sort of massive um massive battle royale free-for-all and they all have to search for a um mcguffin in this case it's these special coins that ultimately um allow them to um they take them to a uh, to a certain like alien and <laughs> even though he's a human um even though he looks like a human he's an alien but they take him to this little vending machine that he has they get a little drink and the drink will give them whatever they desire or transform them into something that they desire so in the case of Kaguya, um, so in the case of Kaguya, he was somebody that felt he was so weak that he needed to, that he needed to be able to, that he could get strength from other people. So, um, that's why he turns into a bear costume. Somebody that's like a, um, somebody that's voyeuristic can get super eyesight. Someone that, uh, wants more strength, becomes stronger. Someone that just wants to be invisible, becomes visible, things like that. And it's actually kind of cool, but, I mean, the way Death Battle anime handle powers, it's kind of, um, it, it kind of, like, airs into the side of just being almost generic powers, and it kind of, like, makes the power scaling pretty hard, because you never really know who's capable of what, it's just kind of, it's always just, this person can do this because of this, um, if that makes any sense, <laughs> I'm so sorry if it doesn't, but, um... Uh, all in all, it's uh, it's a pretty okay series. Just kind of like kill some time with. I actually had a lot of fun with it. Just watching like the entire ten episodes currently um, in about an afternoon. So I mean, it's, it's a really good one. <laughs> I do have a very strange prediction uh, because of Kagi's powers of him being just this living bear costume. Uh, it looks like it's actually posing itself to somehow like have the weirdest possible harem pot the weirdest harem <laughs> the weirdest harem and i think it's just kind of like funny in a really weird meta way so um uh, this is kind of a mild spoiler but um later in the series like a like i'll say like an episode like eight or nine it's probably like eight um kaguya for the first time has somebody outside of um kaguya has somebody Outside of his normal partner, um, wearing him. That sounds super weird, but hey, anime. He has somebody that's not his normal partner wearing him, but, um, when that happens, um, like, at first, it just seems super, it just seems really different. It's a lot more cumbersome to move. He can tell, he's, he's uncomfortable, things like that. And so, at some point, that he's able to do something that he's never been done, done before, which is, let's just say, full synchronization, where... Um, he gets a, they get a brand new power where they're ultimately acting in sync completely as opposed to the normal situation where Kaguya is, um, where they're, Kaguya is just a tool. And so with this, 
it seems to open up the door to, oh, hey, maybe if, maybe if Kage has different people wear him, he's going to be able to tap into different abilities and probably be stronger for it. But, I mean, this is just a mild prediction, but I feel like the way the anime is, I feel like it could dip into harem territory where it's like, oh, yeah, like, let's have all these different women get into Kage and it's going to be this really weird, like, sort of reverse sex thing. Like, uh, what? <laughs> um, but, yeah, it is kind of, like, pretty sexual and really pervy. So if that's not your jam, definitely do not check it out. But um, I definitely do think it's... Uh, it, it doesn't really show anything too, uh, eh, I'd say it doesn't have anything all that, um, horrible, nor does it have anything all that, um, nor does it have anything all that, um, like, great, like, when it comes to trying to be a bit more positive in a bleak manga or whatever, or anime, but, you know, the sky's the limit, it's still a, it's still a relatively new series with the manga itself being, um, the manga itself uh only being five years old and the anime just premiering this uh this past spring season so i mean if it only covers let's say 12 or 13 episodes and comes like next year they'll probably have a little bit more content to to take from and hopefully they never overtake the manga but who knows how these things go uh only time will tell but let nerds definitely want to check out um a really big one I wanted to talk about, um, and this is in the realm of comics, it was Batman The Last Night on Earth. It is Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's, um, I don't want to say magnum opus, I just feel they've done better things personally, but that's also, the the bar is still pretty high for it, <laughs> um, but it's, uh, Greg, it's Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's swan song for uh, their tenure on Batman. So, um, for any of you that don't know, back in, um, 2011, um, back in 2011, DC did the new 52, which meant, uh, 52 brand new titles with brand new creative teams, and it was all, they all started from number one, and, uh, one of the standouts was Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's Batman number one. That went on to just sell, like, hotcakes, and Batman is typically one of, like, DC's, like, highest-selling properties anyway, even if the quality of some of the series are pretty bad. Batman titles typically, especially main Batman titles, typically have it pretty good. Um, but, uh, Batman in particular, like, that, that entire series, I love that series. It ran for 10 years. It was just phenomenal. Um... There's a lot of uh, brand new things that they were introduced that have ultimately become like instant classics. His Court of Owls storyline was a fan favorite. Uh, Death in the Family. There was um, what was it? Endgame, not the Avengers one. <laughs> there was Endgame, and um, he also like introduced like numerous concepts that, while um, specific to his run, that was specific to their run. Um, these various concepts were cool enough that some of them lasted, namely the Court of Owls, um, Duke Thomas, um, wh what was her name, uh, Harper Rowe, uh, yeah, I know, some of them are not still here, but, <laughs> um, like, he's also the guy that made Commissioner Gordon Batman, which is actually pretty cool, and I love that giant robot suit, so, um, but the biggest thing about, 
um, their creative run was that the two of them just had fun with Batman. They didn't really, they kept it dark and brooding and everything, but they still were able to inject a sense of um, excitement to it. And they were always able to like have fresh ideas that even though like some of them were kind of just like been there, done that, like a lot of their ideas still had this um, idea of just being a fun, like Batman time that you couldn't really get anywhere else. Um, it was just, uh, it was just a breath of fresh air, and their their run is honestly just a fan favorite because um, similar to Grant Morrison, they were able to bring in new ideas while also being a celebration of literally every every year, um, every every run before theirs. So that allowed them a lot of leeway to really like just take the series in new and different ways, especially with, with the handling of Gotham as a character. And I really am a fan of their zero year, even more than um this is gonna be really sacrilegious, even more than um than uh, Frank Miller's year one. Because um year one, for all intents and purposes, was more or less a Commissioner Gordon story, which was still great. But I feel that going back and kind of redoing it with the, um, I feel like going back and redoing it and making it like more specifically a Bruce story, even though he was there, like in year one, Bruce is kind of just always a secondary character. But anyway, uh, the last, the last night on earth, it is their, um, it's their swan song to their tenure on Batman. Um, this doesn't mean they're quitting comics or anything or even <laughs> stopping writing Batman. I mean, hell, um, I think while they were writing this, they were also writing, uh, Death Metal, Justice League, and, um, uh, I think Dark Knight Metal, Justice League, and, uh, what was it, um, I think they're doing another sequel to Death Metal, actually, <laughs> but, um, all those still feature Batman, it's just, this is, um, the, the thing behind this is that if they were, if they were ever to write their final, if they were ever to write a final Batman story, and not just a final Batman story, but a final Batman story for their run, this would be it, and it shows. The comic has, like, numerous, numerous references, both visual and just, um, both visual and, um, and just, uh, let's say textual, (laughs) both, uh, it has, like, numerous references to not just their run, but also to, um, Batman run in general, like, um, there's a scene where Alfred is um, giving Batman his um, his bat suit um, in a w- in a way rep- reminiscent to a uh, Batman cover. I think it was um, I can't remember the cover, but anyway, um, it, it's a pretty good, it's a pretty fun, um, it's a pretty fun story and one that I really feel like anybody should just give it should just give a look. Um, so the core premise of the story is that um, if I really go into it too much, it's going to be like heavy spoilers, but um, the core premise of the story is that it's, um, far into the future, um, the world is in a, the, the world has experienced some sort of, like, unknown apocalypse, and Batman is the only person to really, and Batman's one hope to basically save the Earth and kind of set things right, along with Joker as a disembodied head. Now, <laughs> um, a couple things. Um, if you've read any of Scott Snyder's Batman, specifically, um, specifically a very certain, um, annual story, if you've ever read that, you'll know exactly where the plot's going pretty soon after the first, uh, chapter. Like, you'll basically be able to put it all together. Uh, it, 
I mean, it even kind of leads you there before saying it itself, <laughs> before um, I'll write telling you later in the series. But um, I don't feel that. I don't feel that really. Um, I don't feel that really like hampers it at all. If anything, again, the series is supposed to be a celebration of their run and not just um, and not just Batman as a whole. So I mean, they they were kind of. But so I mean, they're just honestly trying to have fun with it, and that's really the defining aspect of the entire series is that they're not just trying to like have the definitive Batman in, but make a definitive Batman in for their story. So I feel that was really awesome, even though even though there's a lot of things that people may take um, even though there's a lot of things that people may take umbrage with, uh, especially because this is encompassing the entire DCU. So. Um, naturally, they tap into things that both make Batman such a great hero, with him being an inspiration and him ultimately being not so special, despite the fact he makes millions of dollars and, you know, we all don't have money like that, but whatever. Um, <laughs> um, so, uh, one of the biggest things, too, is that for the series, um, you can easily take umbrage with um, various things like say, um, the Joker's characterization, um, if you're someone that's very staunch and, like, if you're someone that's very stuck and, hey, this isn't how the Joker's supposed to act, they're just making the Joker be the way they want to be, you're completely right, because, again, this is for their Batman run, and their interpretation of Joker was this, um, very strange, weird love-hate relationship. If anything, this is kind of a Joker before... Um, this is kind of a joker before he cut his face off and everything, before death of the family. And so that's kind of, um, one of the things that, because definitely something I feel people will, like, be upset about, especially, uh, once you get farther and farther into the story, but it's not really a deal breaker. And there's a lot of, like, really cool things, like, um, the, uh, aforementioned bat robot, (laughs) the aforementioned bat robot, that comes back. Um, in a pretty cool way, um, there's even references to, um, Jeff Lemire's time, uh, I'm sorry, um, there's even references not to Jeff Lemire, I mean, yeah, Jeff Lemire too, there's even references to, um, Scott Snyder's time writing, um, Swamp Thing alongside Jeff Lemire writing, uh, Animal Man that's thrown in, thrown in this, all from the New 52, and that was another really cool thing that I just really enjoy while I was reading it, um, but, uh, the story, um, the story, it's, uh, hmm, it, the story does its job, it's, um, kind of how I was saying how, uh, Glutnir didn't exactly, like, hit on a really huge emotional level, that's kind of the same thing with, um, that's kind of the exact same thing with Last Night on Earth, it's not in particularly a very emotionally resonant story, but it is a story that's, um, purely meant for fan service, and as bad as that sounds, it works in the story's favor, because of the fact that, it works in the story's favor, because of the fact that, um, Greg Snyder, Greg Snyder, (laughs) I've been trying to say that this entire time, it's because of the fact that Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, those two have been, um, those two, um, I remember reading, I remember reading about the story before it came out, um, those two set out to just have fun with the story and, like, literally throw everything at the wall 
and just do everything that I ever wanted to do with Batman in the story. So, with that being said, it's not necessarily an awful thing that's just filled with fan service, or it's not a story that like hits you on like such a hard emotional level. Because this is just them like putting putting their passion like first and foremost. They especially with it being in DC's black label, you can really tell that um, there are things they could do here that they wouldn't be able to do in like the normal DC as a normal DC story. So with it being in DC's black label, they were given free reign to literally do whatever they wanted, and they did. And it's really cool to see that they that they were able to put everything aside and just throw it all at this and i really love that about the story um so final thoughts um uh for just um uh i can't get this out for whatever reason uh final thoughts on that um it's gonna be super it's gonna be super specific um it it does become like timeless in a way that it's um it does become timeless in a way that you can honestly pick it up and then just do maybe a little bit of light research and just figure out everything else on your own but but um what's uh but the thing i was thinking about um earlier is that whenever people write um say definitive ends for characters i feel like they always get written into kind of a um they always get put into a mild uh hard place just because of the fact that um uh, like, like every sort of end story or um, every sort of story that's set in the far future and has like an age character, it automatically comes with the connotation that this is going to be like the end of the character. So um, when that happens, um, so when that happens, um, they can only write them within the context of the timeline that they're been within the timeline of the, of the within the context of the canon that's currently. Um, that's currently available. So, um, to kind of make sense of all this, take um, the Dark Knight Returns. The Dark Knight Returns, um, the Dark Knight Returns works as a kind of. Anyway, so um, take the Dark Knight Returns. The Dark Knight Returns, in particular. Um, Dark Knight Returns, in particular, it uh, it was spawned in the '80s, and at this time there was no Tim Drake, there was no, there really wasn't any other Robin outside of Dick and Jason. So, um, you look back at it, um, the Dark Knight Returns, the Dark Knight Returns, it works anytime, but um, it works anytime because you can say, oh, this is a time period where Jason didn't get revived. But that's the key, is that this was a time when Jason wasn't revived, so it definitely seemed like a natural, like, it seemed like a natural um, extension of how Bruce's life could have went, of how the DC history could have went, but that does kind of age it in a a pretty meta way, whereas um, at that time it wasn't exactly that common to kill off and resurrect various heroes that quickly. So, with that being said, um, so that being said, uh, whenever writers, like, do, like, definitive ends or ends in the far future, like, they always kind of become, uh, super, they always become, like, a very time-specific, 
because of the fact that they have to take into account everything that's happened before and they can age in a weird way where it just seems kind of like strange how like these conclusions kind of came about like like oh yeah so you thought that would be a cool thing to do like the thing about old man logan um the thing about old man logan with that uh, with it being said in alternate reality and all that um because you know hawk and wolverine automatically were always like uh, are always like pit against each other in some weird way like that kind of that works but when you take say um spider-man rain which was a which is ultimately just the dark knight returns to spider-man um it becomes weird especially looking back now so spider-man rain was made in like 2000 and uh, let's say the early 2000s and um uh I, this is like maybe a 10-year spoiler but um uh, Spider-Man's reign, like, the villain of that was Venom. It wasn't just any Venom, it was the original, it was Eddie Brock. So, back in, like, the late 90s and early 2000s, that'd be basically kind of acceptable. That'd be acceptable. That, was, that wouldn't really, like, raise any eyebrows, you know? But if you jump to now, when villain is... Ba- villain. <laughs> when, Ven- when Venom is basically a full-on, um... We jump to now when Venom is basically a full-on um, anti-hero. It gets kind of weird, especially considering I think uh, what was it like the latest development was like symbiotes are like gods or something. They, I, I, I don't know. It's it's a super weird series that I actually want to read, but I just keep <laughs> I just keep like I'm super bad at like managing my time and hobbies properly. But anyway. Um, uh, that, like, ages the story in a weird way, where if you're, say, a brand new reader or someone that's only read Venom and then goes back and reads that, you're like, what the fuck? What's going on here? You know, so it's, um, so that's kind of the thing that, so that's basically the, um, common issue with, like, end stories, so it kind of helps that, um, so it kind of helps that the end for the Dark Knight, for The Last Night on Earth, isn't an end of Batman in general, but mostly just Batman in the context of their story, because they're not trying to take every single idea from Batman ever thrown at, at them and use it, but they're trying to use every, every idea from Batman that they've used, and basically tie it together, and just round it out on that, and that's why it's like a fan service good time, and I definitely, <laughs> I, I definitely enjoy it, um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's that gonna have a short one today um yeah so thank you again if you've been listening and uh sorry for like this uh weird edit you probably noticed but uh yeah (laughs) um definitely uh check me out on um twitter it's a crimson clouds 13 or instagram it's a crimson clouds podcast Uh, super easy um yeah so um definitely uh give a look give give a listen give a love i don't know if you have like any questions or anything uh yeah just shoot me a message on any of those but anyway thank you for listening see you